Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Because the enemy tried to lie to me because I'd look around and you'd study it and say, well, there are those that are into it 30 hours a week and 40 hours a week, and I wasn't anywhere near that. But an addiction is an addiction. Say, oh, well, I just need meth once a month. Well, that's terrible. The same way with sexual addiction or pornography. You can be free. We're gonna lead, I'm going to lead this class. And this class will show you how to be free of pornography and sexual addiction and stay free. That's exactly what I was going to say. And stay free. We're going to talk about overcoming shame, forgiving yourself, others forgiving you, and you forgiving them. We're going to talk about um, <clears throat> keeping your purity, avoiding temptation, godly connections, very practical. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. You don't have to stay there. So I plead with you. And I'm just short of begging. I plead with you. Sign up for this class if you are struggling with pornography or sexual addiction. It'll break heaviness in your life and start to break fear and anxiety even. You say, man, I've had this for years. It messes with you. It messes with your relationships. You can't be normal with the opposite sex. It's, I had a guy years ago tell me, man, I don't even know how to look at women anymore and be normal. He was a young guy. He said, this pornography is ruining me. So you're called to be free. You're called to be free and not be hiding and stuck in shame. Yeah. It will be the plan is to begin at October 15th. Sunday evening at 6 p.m. October 15th. And this class is for everyone. Everyone over 18, men and women. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, baby. I love you. If you would, stand to your feet as the lights come on. I want you to say something with me. <clears throat> According to Scripture, say, I can, and I will, with God's help, and those around me. That announcement I just made, it's for a small group, isn't it? We've been pushing connect groups, men and women. After the service today, man, if you're, if you're interested in getting into a small group, talk to me. And uh, ladies, if you're interested in getting into a small group, if that's okay, please speak with Beatrice. All right? So that is how you get involved, get connected, and lots of great things can happen in a small group setting. Someone say, I believe. I believe. Say, I'm here to learn. I'm here to be free. But I'm here to be in community with God and my people. Amen. So if you would say hi to somebody just briefly, you don't have to leave your seats very far. Say hi to someone. Tell them you love them.
Okay. Hate to cut your time short, but I want to be able to fit this message in even if I don't get through all of it today. Somebody say, I'm ready to get started. Somebody say, God is faithful. Somebody say, God has a plan for me. Don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. That's been the name of this series. Talking about being in a small group setting, connecting with others and community there. Because how many of you know, church is good, right? A big group is great. Jesus had the multitudes this morning. I mean, we're probably close to 100 people in here. This is great. Praise God. We're all here. We're in unity. Man, we love it. But let me tell you something. You are called to connect on a closer level than even the big group. Remember, Jesus had the crowds he ministered to, right? And then he had the 70 that he sent out. And then he had the 12. And then of the 12, he had his inner circle, which was Peter, James, and John, the closest. And the closest of Peter, James, and John were, was who? John. John would lean his head on Jesus' chest. Some think he was the youngest of the disciples, and he was maybe even a teenager, but he, he treated Jesus like a dad. And so th- it was levels of connection. And how many of you know we're called for deeper connection with God and each other? All right, I've been talking about the benefits of being in a small group. Let's start here tonight. I'm sorry, this morning. I don't even minister on Sunday nights, right? But Ecclesiastes 4.9. Who knows where that came from? Ecclesiastes 4.9. Been using this text. I want to do it again. It's very good to repeat this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, someone say alone. Don't do life alone. They're in real trouble if they fall alone. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, someone say three. Three are even better, or four or five, right? For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Praise God. So let's go to Romans 12, 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Someone say belong. Large part of coming to church on a Sunday, a Wednesday, being part of a small group, you see, like we call them connect groups, you can call them a cell group, a Bible study, is that we get a sense of belonging. We as humans were created to have a sense of belonging. Someone say belonging. Let's put that on the screen. Belonging. Belonging is so very, very important. You've got to belong to something. That's why sports teams are amazing for learning teamwork and belonging. I know coaches get frustrated, especially nowadays, say, man, the kids are on the team, but they don't even really want to care about, they don't care about the plays or whatever. They just want to be on the team because their friend's on there. Well, at the deepest root of it all is humans want to belong to something, even if they're not good at the sport or they're not even going to try. <laughs> I know it's frustrating to coaches say, well, if they're not going to try or really learn it or be in the game, then I don't really want them on the team. But hey, listen, people want to belong to something and they'll do it however they can. We know there's an issue with someone when they don't want to belong to anything. You're called to belong to something. Someone say something. You're not called to belong to everything, but you are called to belong to something. And we see, we see the stream here 
and the common thread of belonging to God and belonging to each other. You saw that verse. Let's read the last part of that verse. Let's read Romans 12, 5 again. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Wow, isn't that powerful? You're in my family, and I'm in your family. I've learned this over the years. Did you know that it's possible to be much closer to people in the body of Christ many times than even family or extended family, especially if they're not believers? I've had people over the years tell me, man, you know what? First first people I thought to call was my church family when I went to this crisis. I didn't even call my family. Now, we want you to be close to your family, but if they're not serving God, many times it's hard to do that. But you are called to belong. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part, right? What would you be, just a blob? A single-celled organism? It would be strange, just one part, right? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Somebody say one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Let me tell you something. You don't notice your eyes until they're struggling, huh? Some of you have 20-20 vision. God bless you. That's great. I wear contacts, and I've been noticing since COVID. It was during COVID. I was in bed one night reading. Jen was asleep. It was late at night. I was reading, and I had my glasses on, and I was looking at my Kindle, and I was doing this. With eye correction, I went. All alone in the dark. Our two dogs are sleeping. Jen was sleeping. I went. I went, oh, no. It looks like it might be getting toward bifocal time. I've always been nearsighted, so if you hold it close up, we're fine. But now, now I'm noticing when you correct my eyes, now there's an issue with seeing certain print in certain lighting and certain size. I'm going, oh, no. Oh, no, I don't want to mess with that. I did. It wasn't a big deal until there was a problem, right? Still not a huge deal, but it's, it's inconvenient. How many of you know you don't notice your eye until you get something in it? You ever gotten jalapeno juice in your eye? Dad was at Grandpa Senna. They got jalapeno juice in his eye, and he was one of the toughest men who ever lived, and he thought he was dying. I don't know if he was slicing a jalapeno and said, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. You know, Grandpa Senna was tough as boot leather, man, Con- contractor. You don't think about those pretty little eyes you get until you get debris in them, right? You don't think about your ear until there's an infection or, you know what I mean? Your finger, I, I remember growing up, something would happen, and I'd go, wow, that really hurts, and it's a small little thing. And you don't notice that. You don't even think about your little pinky until there's something going on. You're called to belong. You're important. You say, what, how do I fit in? Let's find out. Let's find out how you fit in, people of God. Let's see where you belong. Because you belong. You say, man, I've been called to this ministry. Well, you belong here. Someone say, I belong. Uh-huh, you belong here. Many of you have been here a while. We have some new faces as well, praise God. But you belong and you're called to grow where you're planted let's go to psalm 103 100 verse 3 acknowledge that the lord is god he made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture pastor jen mentioned that briefly this morning being his little sheep you're the sheep of his pasture did you know sheep they won't listen to a strange shepherd's voice they hear the voice of their shepherd and they go with the shepherd or the shepherdess And sheep, let me just say this right now. 
We are sheep. Scripture says we are sheep, but it's a very humbling thing. Sheep stay together, but once in a while they wander off. Sometimes they eat too much. Did you know sheep, if they're not watched, they'll eat too much and then fall over and can't get up? They're strange, but they're very useful. They grow, they grow wool. They're gentle and kind, and they stay in the group. They listen to their master, but then, and then sheep also can't see well. Man, I'm a good sheep, huh? They see, they, they see kind of strangely. They have these little issues. And it's humbling to us to say, man, we need the shepherd to show us where to go, to keep us together in the flock, to not overeat or undereat, whatever, right? Keep us balanced in life spiritually. We need the great shepherd, and we need the under-shepherd. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm your pastor, but I have my pastor, all right? And he has his pastor. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Teams are so important because you belong. You want to be on a team? Say, well, I go to church. That's great. But did you know many times people don't get connected beyond the larger service, and we want you to do that here. Get connected. Even this Freedom Workshop, it's going to be a small group. Say, man, that's crazy. We're going to talk about some tough stuff. Oh, we are. But you know what? It's going to stay confidential. And I'm telling you right now, you will never forget that class the rest of your life. Just like being on a team. I still remember, first time I was on a basketball team, we didn't have a coach. <coughs> we all met for the basketball team, and there was no coach. And my dad says, I guess I'm going to be the coach. He was already real busy. I'll never forget that. I was in sixth grade, and dad became our basketball coach. We won the championship. But, man, we had a year. It was something. And I will never forget what it was like to be on that team. I can still recall most of their faces. Man, we got in fights. We irritated each other. But, man, we loved each other at the same time. There's nothing like belonging. Someone say belonging. Uh -huh. You're called to be part of something important and good. Being part of this ministry, being part of a small group, a connect group, being part of the Freedom Workshop, if you choose to sign up for that. Let's go to Ephesians 1.6 in the New King James Version. Ephesians 1.6. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted. I believe it was this verse that changed my dad's life when he was a young man, right before he was called to the ministry. Accepted in the beloved. Do you know what beloved is? It means highly loved and cared for. You're accepted, loved, cared for, and you belong. Someone say, I belong. I need you to get this into your spirit today, into your heart. You are accepted in the beloved. Man, one of the best ways you can figure that out is to be part of a team and a group. We have a worship team. They love each other, and they probably get on each other's nerves sometimes. But that's the beauty of family. It is. And they're, they're smiling, looking around now, because that's just part of life. Man, they love, I, I know they love each other. They love working together, but we don't all do everything the same way. I, not everybody does every, everything the way I think they should. But we are called to belong. He made us accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. You are, you are God's best, and He's accepted you among those that He loves most. Wow. And you can feel that as you unite and you join our small groups here in this ministry. Or there may be some of you right now who say, man, I'm not ready for a small group. Well, are you ready to be part of this church and stick it out and, be, and stay here and be planted so you can grow here? Well, I challenge you to stick around and stay here. This is a very, very loving church. I'll, 
I'll put our church against any church to say, we may not have a thousand people, but we have the most loving, most amazing people in the whole world here. Very accepting. That's why you're here, but that's why others come and stay. Others have said, man, that church is very accepting. I can, I can feel the sense of belonging there. So someone say once again, belonging. Mm-hmm. Don't do life alone. You're called to have a sense of belonging, and you can belong here. You can belong. Once you accept Jesus, you belong somewhere, but you need to connect with others. It's connecting with God and others. Let's go to Proverbs eleven fourteen. This is a, a unique verse. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. I'm going to take that second part of the verse and say, safety in having many advisors relates to a nation, but it also relates to an individual. Don't just jump up and do crazy stuff, right? My wife and I are surrounded by advisors. We have my dad. When mom was alive, we had my mom. We have mom and dad brown. We have other people we get advice and counsel from. We don't just do crazy stuff. In the same way, when you're part of a small group, you can see that there's safety. There's protection in having advisors. All right? Now, let, let, me, let me say this before I move on. Don't just look for someone that agrees with your opinion. Don't just look for someone. I've met people like that. They're cool. They're getting advice until you disagree with them. Then they'll demonize you. Say, no, you're crazy. You don't know. God didn't speak to you. And I'm like, then why did you even ask me, child? Why'd you ask me? Go ask artificial intelligence on the, inter- uh, the Internet. What is chat GPT or ask Alexa or something? Ask Siri. You want to make a true human connection? AI is getting pretty scary right now. I'm not going to get into all of that, artificial intelligence. But nothing beats human intelligence. Nothing beats the wisdom, God's wisdom that God gave humans, those that seek him. Nothing can beat the human mind. There's nothing like like us on the planet. You say, well, there's artificial intelligence. The fascination with that freaks me out. You know, I've watched enough sci-fi, read enough sci-fi. I say, man, is AI going to try to take over the planet someday, you know? like the matrix or something? I don't know. But I do know this. You are called to be connected with real people, real advisors, get real advice. And man, you can do that in a small group. I've had people bring up stuff in small group, and you think, that's off the wall. But I'm amazed. I go, wow, they're bringing that up because they want counsel, and they want to be part of this package that offers what? Let's put that up. Point two today, protection. You are protected when you come together in a group. We look out for each other. We help each other. You being in here on a Sunday morning, there's a sense of protection in here this morning, isn't there? And safety. You say, man, we don't agree on everything, but we agree that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We believe that God is real. We believe that God speaks. We believe in his word. And there is protection in this. We help each other. We protect one another. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3.3. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Sometimes the only way you get a revelation of that is being in the safety and protection of a group. Saying, God is protecting me. I know I believe, but how, how, do, I, how do I move on in God? How do I have faith in God that he's going to take care of me? Well, we help each other to believe God's word. We help each other to feel a sense of security and protection and safety. And we do that in a small group. You can do that on Sunday mor- morning to a certain extent and on a Wednesday night, but there's nothing like a meeting of the minds, a meeting of the hearts in a smaller group, right? That's what we're going to do in the Freedom Workshop. We're going to tell people and show them, and I will show you, look, you're safe. I'm not going to repeat your mess. 
you're safe. Let me preach about my past and my testimony, but you don't have to get on a mic and be recorded and tell Facebook and tell YouTube that, you know, you, you struggle with these things. You don't have to do that, but you got to tell someone. And at some point, you got to say, you know what? There is protection. I'm going to be safe. Man, how many of you know we've all had baggage? For whatever reason, I was raised in a good home with mom and dad, and they believed the word, and there was no sexual abuse in our home, and no perversion that way, and there, there was the word. We had our flaws, but I will tell you this. Even coming out of that environment, I've, had, I've seen something in my, my heart over the years, and that's trust issues. And that can be rooted in fear. It doesn't mean you trust everybody, right? We have a dog, and I walk him, and you know what I noticed? Dogs will be barking at fences, angry with him, and he wants to go say hi to them. Like trying to get, you know, the tongue hanging out. There's a dog. And this morning I thought, come on, crew. And I even told him, I said, let's see if we can sneak by without waking up those demons. Because there's a dog and there's a gap in the fence. And that dog goes, and tries and just hates us, wants to eat us. And he's like, oh, he's just not frightened about it at all. You can't trust everyone and everything, but you should trust somebody. You trust God and you've got to have some people you trust. And we want to deal with that, okay? Feel protected and safe and like and you're in a good place and you belong, then your trust issues start to come down. Your walls start to come down. We are called to protect and take care of one another, to protect one another. Can I get an amen? And I'm going to protect people's hearts with the information they give me. I've had people in public, it's crazy, I've had people... Just talking to someone, and they go, man, can I, I'm going to confide something in you. You won't tell anyone any, will you? And I go, I can't. They go, what do you mean? I go, I'm a pastor. If you confide in me, it's safe. Unless you're doing damage or harm to yourself or someone else, some dangerous thing physically, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to repeat it. They go, oh, really? And then they feel safe, and they feel the protection of talking to someone. All right? So let's go to Romans 15.5 now. Romans 15.5. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony. Someone say harmony. It's another word for unity. With each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ, Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Therefore, accept each other. Someone say accept. Just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Does that mean you have to accept sin? or ill behavior, or immorality, or demonic stuff? No, you accept people though, right? You accept people. You begin to accept people. You say, man, they're struggling with this, they're into that. Okay, but I accept people and I love people. You don't have to like their sin. You don't have to like how they're acting. You've got to accept people. <laughs> accept each other just as Christ. Talk about the body of Christ here. Just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Did you know that unity brings strength? We talked about that in Ecclesiastes 4-9 uh, to begin this thing, didn't we, today? Two are better than one. And a threefold cord cannot easily be broken. Man, one may be overcome, but two? Oh, man, they can unite and conquer together. Unity is a powerful thing. Now, I know that we, we espouse unity Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, but there's nothing like getting into unity in a small group and really belonging and feeling protected and feeling unified. And did you know, according to Scripture, I believe it's Psalm 133, that that is where God commands the blessing, where there is unity. Say, do we agree on everything? Nope, but we go forward in unity. 
We say we agree on Jesus. We find the things we agree on. I love that. You, let's find something to agree on. Let's not disagree about everything. Let's find something to agree on. Unity. <laughs> I've been uh, studying the life of someone who's fascinating to me, a very strange person. I haven't even heard him talk much. Um, but I've seen him. I've seen how the markets rise and fall when he talks. And now I, I believe he's the richest guy in the world now, Elon Musk. And it's crazy how, and I'm reading his bio, uh, biography, and wow, you can see how, how the guy was formed at home. They weren't raised rich. The dad would have money here and there, but they weren't rich. And he wasn't given a million dollars to start his businesses and all this. But his dad was always bringing disunity in the home. And there was something really wrong with his dad. His dad's name was Errol. And I saw that I've been reading about this guy's life cause just because I was wondering, what makes him tick? Is he a, does he have a fear of God? Which I don't think he has much of a fear of God. Um, he's not against the things of God, but I don't think he's much into what you'd call, well, religion or spiritual things or having a relationship with God. But his dad would just, he would just lose it and, and, and scream and cuss at them for an hour, two hours at a time. Can you imagine that? And then lie about it. He's getting, he's getting interviewed now for this book, the dad, and he said, oh, no, I did this. That, that decision, that was my decision. I helped them. I was there for them. I did this. I did that. And, and it's crazy. And the guy, the guy is off, obviously. I, don't, I know that their family doesn't have complete unity because the two brothers don't even speak to their dad anymore if he's still alive. They don't even speak to him. But the dad in the home was always tearing up the family and bringing disunity. And it really affected Elon. You studied him or know anything about him? I've never seen such a visionary. This guy has SpaceX. They've been sending rockets now for up, you know, to, to take drop astronauts off at the space station. He started a private company that builds rockets. No one had ever done that successfully. And it, then he has the electric car thing, which I think electric cars are ridiculous. I wish he was here to hear me because he'd cuss at me and be mad. That's how he is. But because of the way he was raised, this guy is always, he runs companies, he can lead. But man, I think it's his people that have held the companies together and his vision because his, his vision's exciting. But man, this guy cusses and fights and makes enemies. And you disagree with him, he's terrible and just unbelievable. Very problematic because of his childhood. And he has a lot of unforgiveness he needs to work through. But I watched the lack of unity in his own life and he's at disunity with himself. And it, the book has said this. It said that he has a hard time staying married and having a normal life, be, even with women that he's loved, supposedly, and they've loved him, because what he wants is storm and drama. Those two words. Storm and drama. That sounds miserable. I want unity. I don't want storm and drama. That'll make you nutty. And I know this guy doesn't have it all together. He's a visionary. Now he took over Twitter and named it X. He has a strange fascination with the letter X. Looked into that. I don't know. He has a son named X. Odd. Odd. Very odd. Owns the domain name X.com. That's what he called PayPal before he, well, he had a, a private payment company before he merged with PayPal. That's, that's where he really started making all kinds of money back in the day. And it was X.com. Just odd. Space X, right? Tesla has an X model. I don't know where all that comes from. The guy has problems. But here's the amazing thing. 
The guy loves progress. He has vision. He has all these strengths. But I've seen in his life a lack of unity. And I love that about small groups at this ministry. And over the years, the small groups I've been in, being in my dad's small group, having a small group, having a connect group, is, man, you start to get in unity with people because you get to know them. You get on the same page. You love each other. And did you know unity brings strength to you? You ever been strengthened by someone just simply saying, hey, hey, brother, hey, sister, I'm with you. I am with you. We can do this. God can strengthen us through others. And unity brings strength. So hang in there. Don't stay in strife, man. God has called you to not be in strife. God has called you to be in unity and harmony. And these are some of the things that you can find in a small group and in this ministry. Did you know this ministry doesn't tolerate gossip? We don't tolerate disunity, being hateful to people. And look at you, though. You're amazing people. You, You walk in love. It's like something you do. It's second nature to you. We've seen that about this ministry. Very accepting and loving. And here's what we do here. And let me say it again. Number one, somebody say belonging. You're called to belong to God and to others and belong to something. Someone say protection. Mm -hmm. You feel a sense of protection when you belong. You feel safe. There's strength in numbers, right? And the multitude of counselors and many counselors are safety. And then also in unity. Someone say unity. You're called to live a life in unity, not disunity. Unity It ties into protection and belonging, and you feel safe. You feel able to speak. When you're in unity and protection and belonging, you feel safe. You'll say, man, I can talk in here. I can speak in this small group. I can speak speak in this freedom workshop, and people aren't going to change their minds about me. They're going to accept me. They're going to help me through it. Someone say, help me through it. So I believe that is what not doing life alone is all about. So don't, dear friends, brothers and sisters, don't do life alone. You're called to belong. You're called to be part of the group and be protected and safe. And you're called to be part of something that espouses and brings unity. Someone say unity. If you would, let's pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to do this in unity today, as we always do. There's a spirit of unity at this church. I believe a wave of the spirit is moving in this church, like Pastor Jen said. You know what's something that all revivals and great awakenings have in common? There is a unity and sense of purpose that people share, and also even in confessing their sins. One to another. And coming clean with God. Repentance brings revival. You can look at the great revivals throughout history, and you see that repentance and unity helps to bring revival. As we publicly say, God, I'm sorry. As we get in small groups like the Freedom Workshop, or a connect group, and we say, oh man, here's, here's what I've struggled with. And we repent and confess our sins one to another, and then we forsake and leave our sin. Confess your faults, your sins one to another, so that you may be healed, James 5.16 says. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice that says, man, I've got to start somewhere? Well, this is where you start. Anyone at the sound of my voice who has never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord and Savior of their life? If that is you, raise your hand today. I'm going to pray with you. You have never accepted Jesus. If that's you, put that hand in there. We're going to make sure you have peace with God today. Raise that hand. If that is you, if you've never accepted Jesus. All right. If we've all done that here, I want to pray in unity. There's that word again. 
We're going to pray the prayer of salvation for those on, on the live stream today so that they can accept Jesus. Say with me, Heavenly Father, without you, I'm just a sinner. Consumed by sin. I need your forgiveness. And I call on the name of Jesus to save me. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. And say, I confess that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. My Lord and Savior. Save me, Lord. Forgive me. I don't want to go to hell. I want to belong. I want to be safe in your arms. I want to be part of the unity of your kingdom. Thank you for accepting me. I believe in Jesus' name. Right where you are, if God spoke to you through something in this message today, anything from Pastor Jen to our announcement to what I spoke about and my three points, if God spoke to you about anything this morning, right where you are, go ahead and raise your hand. I'm going to pray over you that that word stay on good ground in your life. Right now, let's agree. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you that your hand of blessing and love and correction and protection and wisdom is over us. I thank you for your people in the house who receive something from your word today. Lord, let it grow into something amazing in their lives. Let it be practical and useful and spiritual, but let them obey the word that was spoken. Your word, not my word. Let them obey your word. Your word. Your scripture. Your guidelines for life, Father God. And we thank you for that today. And I thank you for your people. As we come together, like Scripture says, and I probably should have brought that verse up, as we come together in the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith. You know what? I may have skipped that one. Let's see if I have that one. Ephesians 4.11. Put that on the screens, if you would, to close this prayer. Ephesians 4.11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full what? And complete standard of Christ. Unity of the faith. Do you believe I believe. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today, if you would, please.